Welcome to Inside the BACB, the official podcast of the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. In this episode, Dr. Melissa Nosick hosts a discussion with Drs. Jim Carr and Neil Martin and Board President Dr. Bridget Taylor about the upcoming changes to the BACB's international focus, which includes answers to frequently asked questions. Hello, everyone. I'm Melissa Nosick, the Deputy CEO at the BACB, and I'll be your host today. Uh, we will be discussing the recently announced changes to the BACB's international focus. Doctors Jim Carr, our Chief Executive Officer, and Neil Martin, our Director of International Development, will be joining us for the discussion today. Jim, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks. I'm glad to be here to help answer questions about our recent announcement. Neil, this is your first time on the podcast, and thank you for joining us from London today. Could you share a little bit about your background and your current role at the BACB? Uh, yes. Hello, everyone. My name is Neil Martin, and my association with the BACB dates back to meeting our founder, Jerry Shook, in the early 2000s and having some early discussions with him about the international needs of behavior analysts. In 2007, I served as a subject matter expert for what became the BACB's Autism Task List. And later, in 2009, I served as a subject matter expert for a draft of the BACB's fourth edition task list. I became the BACB's international representative uh, on the BACB Board of Directors in 2010. And later, in April 2015, I started to work as a full-time employee with the BACB. Since then, I visited many countries, perhaps as many as 50, and have been consulting with universities, organizations, and individuals around the world with the mission of providing information about credentialing and training in behavior analysis, as well as assisting colleagues in other countries in the development of infrastructure to support the practice of ABA globally. On December 30th, 2019, we provided a multi-year notification to the profession about changes to the BACB's global certification activities. The first announcement was a two-year notice that translated examinations would no longer be offered after December 31st, 2021. The second announcement was a three-year notice that the BACB would no longer accept certification applications from individuals residing outside of the U.S. and its territories and Canada after December 31st, 2022. The third announcement was an immediate availability of new resources for countries that wish to explore the development of their own local credentials. Now, there has obviously been an expected and significant response to our recently announced changes, so we've compiled some of the most frequently asked questions and plan to discuss those with everybody today. So let's start today with questions about new certifications no longer being available to applicants outside of the U.S. and Canada after 2022. Uh, People would like to hear more about the data, so I thought we could start by talking data. Uh, Neil, could you share some of that information with us? Yes, the data are very accessible, and anyone that looks at our certificate data page on the website will quickly be able to determine that as of today, January 2020, approximately 96% of our certificates reside in the U.S. and Canada, and so this affects the other 4%, and they are spread across 94 countries. Actually, three countries have more than 100 BCBA certificates, but 67 countries have fewer than 10 BCBAs. Even before this announcement, a number of countries, or at least organizations within countries, had expressed the view that because BACB certification was inappropriate for their country, 
either in terms of the knowledge, skills and abilities outlined in the task list, or because it was highly unlikely that professional recognition would be based on a credential issued by an organization out of the country, that they should start to develop their own system, standards, credentials, etc. And indeed, some countries have started this process already. So individuals residing outside of the US and Canada will now have three years in which to apply, take and pass one of our certification examinations. Not surprisingly, we've received many questions about the implications of all of this. So let me just go through a couple of them. All examination authorizations for candidates residing outside of the US and Canada will end on December the 31st, 2022. In addition, BACB examinations will no longer be available at testing centers outside of the US and Canada from that, that date. Applications submitted after December 31st, 2022 can, of course, include coursework, academic degree and field work that was completed anywhere in the world. But the applicant will have to physically reside in the US and Canada to obtain certification in the future. That's really helpful, Neil. Thank you. Uh, to follow that question up with another frequently asked question, uh, Jim, I'm hoping that you could address inquiries about how this will affect the ability to practice outside of the U.S. and Canada after 2022. So the change to the BACB only issuing new certifications in the U.S. and Canada uh, and any other country approved for this should have little to no impact on someone's ability to practice applied behavior analysis in other countries. You know, private certification is technically considered a voluntary credential uh, that only has meaning when it is recognized kind of more formally. So our certifications, you can only really describe them as necessary to practice if licensure boards or funders or employers require them uh, from a behavior analyst. And there really just is hardly any recognition like this outside right. of the U.S. and Canada right now. So, Neil, related to this question, we've indicated that after 2022, individuals practicing outside of the U.S. and Canada, and this includes all certificates, need to be truthful in describing their credentials. Could you share with us how this might be done? Yes, I think this is a really helpful clarification based on many of the personal inquiries I've received on this particular issue. Everyone certified prior to 2023 will still be able to rep the, represent themselves as being certified by the BACB. What will change for this entire group, regardless of where they live, is the way that they represent themselves with their BC, BACB certification. Practicing individuals will have to communicate that their BACB certification is currently only issued in the US and Canada. This is for the purpose of making it clear that the BACB certification is not recognized by government entities in the country where services are being provided. And so whilst the credential still represents the completion of training and educational competences, there may be country-specific requirements that also need to be met. And of course, certificates have an ethical obligation to represent their credential accurately in their behavior analytic practice. Thanks, Neil. Uh, a lot of the inquiries we are receiving from colleagues in other countries are positive, uh, and they're very interested in getting the process started of developing their own credentials. Jim, could you help us ascertain what they need to do over the next three years to make this happen? 
Certainly. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in that question. So the first thing I'm just going to say is I would encourage anyone interested in pursuing local standards or local credentials to use the request for support email form on our global certification webpage to request assistance because we're going to be able to provide a broad range of support around these kinds of new activities. Yeah. Now, with respect to infrastructure, it really depends on how much is already in place. Um, you know, behavior analytic infrastructure includes our training programs, uh, formal recognition of the value of applied behavior analysis by you know, various stakeholders. And I think probably the most important aspect uh, is a formal association of the behavior analysts in a country, um, at least some sort of official network. If these elements are not currently in place, I would recommend focusing on them as a priority. I mean, certification can certainly have value without these elements, but without the rest of it, it's unlikely that uh, the critical mass of practitioners that's often needed for certifications to gain recognition will be achieved. That said, even small groups of behavior analysts can start meeting to begin articulating the kinds of training and ethics requirements that might be particularly well-matched to their specific needs. And this could eventually serve as the seed of a future credentialing program. That makes sense, Jim. So what about countries that already have some infrastructure in place? All right. So for those countries, there are a few possible starting points. So the very first thing I would do is to carefully study how professions are regulated in the country to identify the target goal, even if it's long term. Um, this is really important and something that our founder, Jerry Shook, did at the BACB. I mean, he knew that eventually state-based licensure was the way behavior analysts were going to be regulated in the U.S., but uh, he viewed private certification mm -hmm. as kind of a stepping stone that makes sense. to getting there. So licensure was always the target goal for the regulation of behavior analysts in the U.S. So it's important to sort of figure out what is the, the target, even if it's going to be decades down the road. So one of the questions to find out is like, is everything regulated at the national level via law? So that would be kind of akin to to the licensure that we have in, in the U.S. and Canada. You need to find out, does private personnel certification uh, even exist in the country? Uh, and if so, are there examples of private certifications being written into law? Uh, BACB certification didn't take off at all in the U.S. until it was recognized by funders and, and licensure laws. Yeah. So if private certification isn't a highly prevalent phenomenon in a country, then figuring out the steps to governmental regulation, that's going to be more important. Um, you know, just, there are a lot of differences uh, across countries. Some countries permit professional associations to recognize practitioners, uh, and sometimes as a starting point through an online registry for the public. And the UK Society for Behavior Analysis has a really great example of this. So again, I think with countries where there is some behavior analytic infrastructure in place, the first step is going to be doing the research on what the possible paths forward are within that country. And so if there is a need for a credential uh, and an identified path forward, then some of our familiar activities are likely going to be relevant, like identifying subject matter experts who can assist in developing a draft task list and an ethics code, uh, maybe validating the task list through a survey activity, uh, making preparations for an examination. Um, so at that point, we're certainly going to be in a position to provide some assistance. So my main recommendation here is to study the possible paths forward within a country so that what ends up being developed has a chance of flourishing and being fully recognized. Now, if part of your activity is developing a certification program, keep in mind that there are a number of practices and requirements from the certification industry that should be met. 
you know, as behavior analysts, we often bring more effective ways of doing things when we enter new areas. And that's certainly been our experience at the BACB. But you also have to comply with certain industry requirements uh, and and certain psychometric requirements. Uh, Not doing this is why some of the other certification programs in behavior analysis just, you know, haven't succeeded over the years. Yeah, our history definitely uh, demonstrates that following best practices in the certification industry is an important piece as we develop infrastructures in behavior analysis. Right. And it may be different in other countries. Right. Um, You know, figuring out what the employment laws are and and what sort of legally permissible ways of recognizing professionals are like this is critical kind of starting point information. Now, I know that some people are concerned that three years is not enough to accomplish all of this, but it's not really a three-year problem because that's based on the premise that BACB certification is already fully recognized in a country and that the certification infrastructure is going to need to be replaced in three years. But sadly, the truth is that just this isn't the case in most countries. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our hope that the change in the jurisdiction of our certifications, along with our support, will assist in the development of local credentials that actually have a chance at achieving full recognition in the future. Jim, those are all such good points. And from the perspective of a certification body, awarding a certification to an individual is only one part of the equation. Uh, The maintenance requirements, the ability to provide ongoing information to certificates, uh, and the ability to enforce ethics requirements are also really critical. In addition to that, an evaluation of what a particular country's laws permit in these areas is a necessary part of the planning process. So let's move on to the notification of the discontinuation of translated examinations. The most frequently occurring questions in this area are why the translated examinations are being discontinued a year different or a year earlier than the discontinuation of certification outside of the U.S. and Canada. And then the other part of that is whether the BACB will consider translating examinations in the future. Jim, would you like to take the first part of that question? Sure. So the reason we're discontinuing the translated exams one year earlier is that the exams based on our fifth edition task list are currently being developed and they're going to be released in 2022. So given the other changes being enacted a year later, the resources necessary to translate the new exams into eight additional languages for only one year of availability were prohibitive, especially given the relatively low numbers of individuals who take our translated exams. Yeah. And to add to that, the timeline. So Neil and Faye, our psychometrician, have been heavily involved in the uh, translation process. And the process is lengthy. So the addition of the new sections of the task list, which mean new questions on the examination, Mm -hmm. would all have to go through that process. And the resources in some of these languages just are not there to make it work in the timeframe needed. Yeah, agreed. So, Neil, what about future considerations of translated examinations? Well, the BACB will likely be conducting viability assessments for requests for translated examinations later this year. However, these assessments will involve much more than just a consideration of translating the examination. Uh, Although the BACB currently does have versions of its BCBA and BCABA examinations in multiple languages, It otherwise exclusively interacts with applicants and certificates only in English, and that includes the gateway, newsletters, website, and many of our documents. 
If the decision is made to offer a new translated examination in the future, it will need to be accompanied by the entire collection of resources and standards that are offered in English, such that each applicant and each certificate has exactly the same experience. Thanks, Neil. So uh, we have also received requests for pass rates on examinations taken outside of the U.S. and Canada. Jim, can you speak uh, about why we do not publish those data? Sure. So the BACB doesn't publish pass rates based on translated exams because the data might imply something about geographic location that just won't be accurate. Uh, And this is because our, our translated exams are available at all test centers. So the variability of applicant characteristics is quite large. You know, individuals who take these exams might or might not live in a country that speaks a certain language. They might or might not have been taught or trained in a specific language. And unfortunately, the first time tester volume on the translated exams is much too small to start teasing out some of these variables. Also, some of the exams have had so few testers that pass rate data even raises confidentiality concerns. Thanks, Jim. So another general question that people are asking about is whether the BACB will change its mission. And with that, it might be important to share what we mean by infrastructure of a profession. Jim, could you take this one? Well, First, the BACB might well revise its mission in the future, but this is going to be up to the board of directors. Um, That said, here's our current mission statement. It's to protect consumers of behavior analysis services worldwide by systematically establishing, promoting, and disseminating professional standards. And so because our mission statement is not explicitly focused on certification, uh, although that is the the main kind of standard that we disseminate, uh, the mission still seems well matched to our new international focus. So we're in the infrastructure development phase of our profession. And what this means is that our training systems and our professional associations and funding systems and credentialing programs and and many other aspects are just not yet at their kind of steady state. Um, Now, not every country has a professional association and not every existing professional association has achieved its full potential to engage in all the activities that you see in more mature professions. I think because most behavioral analysts engage with the BACB more often than they do other professional organizations, just out of necessity for earning and maintaining a credential, I think a lot of people look to the BACB to fulfill just about every infrastructure need related to behavior analysis. But the truth is that our primary job is to offer the credential, although we have engaged in a few other activities out of necessity uh, for the time being. And our hope is that in the future, uh, our professional associations will uh, click into the, the most important activities uh, they need to be involved in, uh, and they will be resourced to the point where they can actually achieve those, uh, and that our other aspects of our infrastructure uh, are in place, and that our role will be sort of squarely positioned around credentialing. That sounds good. Probably an example of what you just said is uh, the changes that have happened in the profession recently, meaning like as our infrastructure develops, some of the things that we've done in the past are moving to other professional organizations like the verified course sequences. Yeah, going to ABAI. That's yeah. right. That, that's the proper home for that system. Yeah. So a final topic that deserves some attention is about what the BACB will be doing with the new resources available and what exactly they are. Neil, I thought you would be the best person to talk about this. So could you share a little bit about our future plans? Yes, certainly. Given the the length of time that the BACB has now been offering behavior analytic credentials, 21 years to date, we've much experience in how to develop and implement certification programs. 
The process starts with a job task analysis to ensure that the resulting knowledge, skills and abilities of the professionals are comprehensively matched to local national practice. This then results in a list of the required and important knowledge, skills and abilities that forms the basis of an examination. In other words, a task list. The VACB will provide consultation and support in conducting national job task analyses. We will provide guidance in terms of pursuing accreditation, if this is applicable, for any national behavior analytic credentials, because accreditation is important to ensure both the ongoing quality of the credentials, the face-to-face -face validity for the relevance of the credentials, and to ensure that decisions about all aspects of the credentialing program are legally defensible. The BACB may also be able to provide retired examination questions and or assist with the process of writing and reviewing examination questions, which would then need to be piloted and assessed psychometrically. We will also provide support to countries in terms of researching the relevant credentialing options and legal frameworks, including looking at examples of other such standard setting and credentialing programs already undertaken by other national professions within the country. In addition, we will be making grants available to countries to support their activities in this area. Thanks, Neil. Uh, so we were actually able to get our board president, Dr. Bridget Taylor, on the call today to share a few sentiments from the board of directors. Thanks, Jim. You know, I think the board of directors wants the community to know just how difficult it was for us to come to this decision. We all care about and love this profession so much, and we're voted into these positions because people trust us to make informed decisions. And this certainly was not an easy one to make. Through the process, I've learned a great deal about the certification and credentialing best practices. The credentialing industry is much older and has well-established practices which need to be followed. You know, I'd also just like to, to say that you know, some people in the community have wondered why there wasn't a comment period before a decision was made. And you know, in our collective uh, decision-making process, the reason is that there was really only one path forward after we did due diligence and looking at all the data and the information that we gathered. And to have a period of input from the profession would not have changed the direction and the decision that was made. So we really hope that the community realizes that a lot of thought and due diligence went into making this decision. And it is certainly hoped in the long run that the outcome of this decision will be in the best interests of behavior analysis. Thank you, Bridget. Uh, we do hope this episode has been helpful in answering some of your questions about the BACB, uh, what certification means to the practice of ABA, and the focus of the BACB's global activities in the future. Our global certification page is a developing resource right now, uh, and you will notice us making changes to it as we receive requests for information and as we develop new resources. Thank you for listening to Inside the BACB. Don't miss future episodes. Subscribe now.